G'day world, Chris Hogan coming to you from Burley Heads here on the Gold Coast and I'm here with a special guest today, Ben Southall, who you may know as the caretaker of the islands of the Great Barrier Reef uh, in Australia and won that competition and was it the best job in the world in 2009. Yeah, nearly 10 years ago now. Yeah. So that was, I suppose, my introduction to Australia. That was back in the days when Tourism Queensland were trying to market the Great Barrier Reef to the world. And I'd just gone around Africa in a Land Rover and run a website and a blog. And that was the criteria they needed to do that job. And 34,000 people later, I was the winner. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully you're not best known for that anymore because you've got some cool stuff coming up. And, and, and you've been doing some really cool stuff ever since. So you, bensouthall.com is pretty much the old placeholder for the old biography and in in I guess the, the life before now. And now you have uh, bestlifeadventures.com, which is about to go live, probably go live by the time we actually Hope, launch fingers this. Fingers crossed if it goes, yeah, we'll be up by the end of the week. That's the plan. <laughs> so what is Best Life Adventures? Okay, so I suppose the whole best branding started nine years ago with the best job in the world. And ever since then, we've tried to sort of encapsulate my passion for travel and adventure, um, sharing physical challenges in the great outdoors with a what started as a local audience has become an, an international audience now. It started off the first, I suppose, um, spawn of best life in the world was the best expedition in the world, which was for me getting in a kayak for four months, retracing Captain Cook's route all the way up the east coast of Australia through the Great Barrier Reef, all the way up to Cook that was a project for tourism queensland so that was the best expedition in the world and then in 2015 my wife sophie and i we drove from singapore all the way back to london in my old land rover that took a year and we called that the best life in the world and that was to go and find people on that journey who had smiles on their faces every single day love what they did whether they were a taxi driver or the ceo of a company what are the criteria's to, in life that give people a smile on their face and make them want to get out of bed in the morning. That was the best life in the world. And we have these lovely theories about what it is, whether it's family or friends or money or the best job, whatever it is, what are those things that give people that recipe for life? And a lot of it revolved around interaction with family and doing great things in the great outdoors. So every time I've come back from one of my various adventures, there always is at least one, maybe 10, maybe 50 people that say, I would love to go and do an adventure like that. What do I have to do to go and do it? So I knew there was this gap in the market. There was a niche there where people are, they've got cash, they're time poor, they want to go on these adventures. So why don't I start curating them, making them from scratch, making them um, left of center for anything you're going to get in a standard travel brochure and do the extremes of life and the extremes of the world because people like entrepreneurs are adventurous in their mindset they love what they do they love challenges they love innovation so if i can find innovation in the adventure space package it up market it and take people out there small bespoke groups of people there's a gap in the market that means there's business opportunities there and hence best life adventures was born fantastic so one of the common themes I see run through all of your adventures is building resilience. Absolutely. So why is that so important? And, and like how does it transcend from going on a holiday or an adventure back into business? Like does it actually... Is there a crossover? Well, yeah. I mean, we have we deal with a range of clients now. We deal with government clients. We deal with corporate clients. We deal with private uh, private groups. And all of them, uh, all the people that come on these seem to be people that want to achieve the most that they can out of life. They want to prove to themselves that they can do the best that they can in their 
their personal life and their business life and they can go out there and and suck as much as they can out of this short limited time that we get on planet earth they're people that want to get up and do things they're not people that lie in bed until 11 o'clock in the morning on the weekend they're up at sunrise they're utilizing their day they're making the most out of it they're building great friendships and that sort of reflects from the personal development into the business world because what we're finding and i believe this is the truth is that the people that really want to achieve lots in their personal life are the ones that go and achieve a lot in their business life so that the world of um, adventure and entrepreneurship i think are very closely entwined in the fact that adventurous people love to get out there and do things and entrepreneurs love to get out there and do things so we started off best life adventures really with the uh, advanced queensland initiative of the office of the chief entrepreneur so mark savvy and i good friends sat down talked about the idea of going and proving to yourself that you can achieve something with a physical adventure in the great outdoors makes you realize that you're able to take on these hurdles that you think are going to your struggle to clear but by the time you've gone out there and given it a go and you've cleared that hurdle and you've realized i didn't think i could run a half marathon Mm. and you sit down at the end of the half marathon and go wow I'm, i'm a lot better than i thought i was maybe i'll do a marathon and you set your goals and you move those benchmarks and you keep going further and further and further and so the idea of resilience is if you can develop a strong mindset as an individual based in the great outdoors where you've got no distractions from mobile phones and you can take people's laptops away and you can stop notifications if you can focus on being in the moment and concentrate on achieving something for yourself you can translate that back into your business life when you get home and realize okay we've got tough times coming up as a business i know that i can go through the shit and come through the other side and be better off for it and that's why the best life adventures theme is all about building resilient individuals in the great outdoors to make them better people in life and ultimately better business people fantastic so is it just through the experiences and and uh, I guess those those tough times that that people learn through these adventures, or is it, is there actually a bit of a is there a classroom scenario? Like, what's going on on these adventures? I mean, I, I read I read uh, Aaron Birkby's blog from from the Everest Base Camp trip. Yes, yeah, and yeah. That, um, that was he went fan. through the ringer. Oh, he, he really did totally go through did. the ringer. He kind of scared the pants off me a little bit, um, and off st- himself quite literally. <laughs> if you read the blog, yeah, <laughs> two read, sets the, of them. read the blog. Search, for, search for that. Actually, we'll we'll link to it in in our comments. But you know, is is there a classroom scenario? Is it is it is there time to sit down and and I guess share with other other entrepreneurs and absolutely and, and do people just dump on each other you know it's different horses for different courses Mm. it really is because we are running a very different set of a a very different catalogue of experiences really if you if you're on a private group and you want to go and trek to Everest Base Camp that's all about the experience of um, meeting new people walking through a tough challenging environment seeing some beautiful landscapes but at the end of the day at the end of what could be a six to eight hour trek for a day sitting down and having those conversations with people so that's the sort of private group side this the idea of the government program the venture program we do through the office of the chief entrepreneur is very much about building community it's about not just building the resilience of the individual but about building the resilience of the queensland startup community because better connected people have better opportunities and can problem solve a lot easier. If I know that at 11 o'clock at night on a Friday, I'm trying to punch through to a deadline and I'm thinking, how the hell do I get 3D printing done to get this product off the line by Monday? Oh my God, I remember Chris. I was sitting with him by a campfire in Tasmania. We had that conversation. I now feel comfortable enough to pick up the phone, call Chris and ask for some advice on it. So for the government programs, some of the best parts that we have, we don't push people to 110% of their physical 
uh, abilities during these programs. We push them to 99%, but we leave space that in the evenings, the campfire conversations that people have are the biggest benefits to the individuals and the community as a whole. So those open networks that have formed through using adventure as an engine and as a medium for breaking down, um, I suppose, the, the barriers that sometimes normal networking events might have. You know, you stand there with your glass of beer and you say, hi, what do you do? Um, what's your business all about? What do you study? It's very shallow, single dimension. If you put someone through a physical adventure as part of a group, so-and-so, maybe Cody will pull John up the hill because he's really struggling that day or John will turn around the next day and say, okay, Cody, I saw you had some emotional issues. That Can I help you through this? The community that is built up through this program is so much deeper and longer lasting than anything that I've seen in, in terms of networking. I think there needs to be a study in what is an effective networking tool. And I will put my hand up to say that, that shared adventures are one of the best ways of really connecting on a much deeper level than I've certainly ever seen before. So I think that's what we're really trying to do. We, we've built up from the out of the back of the venture programs that we've done so we've done four now we've done the Whit Sundays we've done Tasmania New Zealand we went up to far north Queensland to Woodjil Woodjil and we're off to another one at the end of March in Mongolia the people that have been through this program all are natural members to come into the Society of Extraordinary Venturers so what that does is that opens up other events that we go and do so we might do walks up in Springbrook National Park we might do a sunrise sup down at Burley we might go and do um, an evening drink session up in Fortitude Valley what it does, it opens up that group of 20 people that came on one trip to this whole cohort of 80 to 100 people now that we've built up through the Venture Program. So the longer it goes, the more IP it allows you to develop because you're building up that network of friends mm. who down the line are going to be not just your buddies and the people that you've gone through the mud and the shit with, but ones that are going to help you in your business. That's <laughs> my theory. Sensational. <laughs> so the the mission to Mongolia, mission five um, to Mongolia, looks Absolutely sensational. I mean, I've, I've watched all of these shows, you know, on, on Genghis Khan and, and all that sort of stuff and, and always dreamed about a, a trip to Mongolia. But um, is, is that who it's ideal for, people like me who've dreamed about that? Or should should people that, I guess, are dreaming about sitting on a beach and, you know, at the end of the business year mm. in Fiji, you know, to, to really, I guess, relax and, and, and wash out all of the, the year that's that's been... Are they are they suited to the Mongolian trip? Or? So Mongolia is a it's a real buzzword at the moment. I think there's a lot of interest in these slightly left of centre destinations, and I think there's an air of mystery to Mongolia. It's sort of that far off land that we know is covered in snow for a lot of the year we don't really know much about it because not many people go there. So to go to somewhere as remote. Um, as Mongolia for a venture program was a bit of a step outside of my comfort zone as well. I think it's not just about challenging ourselves physically on these. It's about challenging ourselves emotionally and culturally. And this trip, yes, there will be a physical element to it, not nearly as much as we've done in some of the previous programs because we're going to be challenging people culturally. We're going to be living in the Mon on the Mongolian steppe, which is at the end of the Mongolian winter. It's going to be five degrees probably in the daytime. We're going to be rugged up in reindeer coats. We're going to have thick winter boots on. We're going to be moving with the nomadic herders who herd these vast um, flocks of reindeers. I don't know what a collective for, a, for a reindeers are, but let's call them flocks. <laughs> probably for now. just yeah. a herd, mate. <laughs> yeah, a herd of reindeer. Um, so we're going to be moving with the nomadic herders as they move from their winter pasture 
land to their spring pasture lands. We're going to be learning from the eagle hunters up there that use eagles, obviously, for sourcing their food. Um, we're going to go and find a local mountain that's at least 2,000 metres above sea level, so much higher than Kosciuszko will be or is. Um, and we're going to go and do... So there's a physical element, there's a cultural element, um, and ultimately, because we're taking people who have been involved in the Queensland startup community from not just in Australia this time, but from overseas, the opportunities it will offer to people from the Queensland startup community to network with other people who've successfully migrated their business to, say, San Francisco or to London. Those people are going to come. We've got a really good cohort that we're working with from Aaron Berkby's Startup Catalyst. We're recruiting from over there, overseas, to bring some more people back so that we're all on foreign land, We've all gone somewhere slightly different. We all don't have the ability just to call up our friends in the evening because we'll be disconnected. So to have that cohort learn from each other from an international community is one of the biggest sell cards that we've got for this. So we've got um, we've got a venture capitalist coming. We've got Leanne Kemp, um, Queensland's chief entrepreneur for this year, coming yep. along as well. Yep. Um, we've got three or four female founders and it's always been a tough gap to fill the female founders sort of aged 25 to 35 quite often they're looking after families mm. so we try to really um, recruit a lot more from that area now to try and get a level playing field of people we've got people coming from corporate backgrounds we'll have two or three coming from university scholarship winners that really have got that injection of life and that youth element to them so we're trying to build this complete circle of the Queensland startup community so that people can learn from each other and cherry pick who they sit down with that night for a campfire conversation who they decide to go and do the eagle hunting with so it's going to be a really interesting group of between 15 and 20 people we're going to have seven days eight nights out there in the mongolian steppe and it's just going to be an absolutely whack sensation <laughs> Mate, no, it's certainly wet my whistle I, I would love to love to do that uh that that uh, venture program for sure so a uh, bit of a toss-up between Everest and that one because they're a month. They're a month they are, yeah. <laughs> so they're a month apart. So we 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 now do two sets of Everest base camp trips every year. Yep. The next one of those comes up um, over the Easter window, so seventh the twenty-first of April, and. Yeah, for me, it's a bit of time out of the country at that time of year. But that's when you've got that wonderful transition in the Northern Hemisphere from winter coming into spring. And that's when you really find the people on the ground. This is what we're going to learn a lot as well. Resilience is not just about what we get um, as a group of you know people involved in the startup community. For those Mongolian herders to go through the toughest times of harsh arctic winters and to come through and see spring on the other side is that sort of correlation between tough times in business and when all of a sudden every tree is in fruit every flower is coming out and the good times are there so i think we're going to learn a lot from the mongolian herders when we take people there and the same with the everest base camp treks going there in april at the tail end of the winter all of the trees are coming out into into flower the, you know, everything's looking good it's getting healthy it's a lovely time of year to be in the high altitude himalayas just as it is in the mongolian winter and the steppes so it's going to be great Fantastic. Uh, we, me Media, are huge supporters of mental health um, and and sharing, you know, I guess experiences mm. and and even our our own stories around around, I guess, um, mental health challenges and how maybe we've overcome them. Uh, so, living is is the charity that we choose to support, and I wear it I wear it openly. Yeah. Uh, on my sleeve. So, mental health resilience. They, they go hand in hand, right? Mm. I think so, I think the mental health thing, especially the great outdoors, I think that's one of the things these days. And, and I, I think I've been guilty of it. The best job in the world was all about um, telling your story via social media. And that was the early days. There was no Instagram and best job in the world days. It was very much just the early days of YouTube. Facebook was there. Mm. Twitter was there. Mm. I think the further it's gone, 
social media wise now i'm starting to back off it more so just because i'm seeing that it is almost more detrimental for me i use it as a marketing tool for my business but in terms of constantly storytelling constantly looking how many likes you've got constantly having to get that feedback it is a mental health issue and it's Mm. going to be a stronger and stronger one in the future as Mm. um, people look to stylize themselves based on what other people are thinking online Mm. i think that's definitely detrimental Mm. to people's long-term health so Using the great outdoors as that disconnection time is our best time to realize who we are as people to build up those real friendships. I'm sitting here looking you in the eye. Mm. I'm going to shake your hand physically Mm. to be able to help that person up a hill. That sort of thing, that real human interaction is something that is slowly but surely drifting out of our lives as we use up more screen time as we sit there and we double tap on our images to like them that to me yes i still have to use it for marketing but i think the more we can back away from that in the future and the more we can reconnect with our planet and people out there in the great outdoors the better that is for mental health around the world absolutely i'm i'm 100 on the same page Mm. uh i use it for marketing i don't use it a hell of a lot for myself in fact sometimes i find myself in the in the scroll and and (sighs) and 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 it Look, it tends to last about five, uh, five days for me. A, yeah. a whole week, I'll, I'll realize that this isn't healthy. I'm spiraling. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, it's very easy to do. It's such a simple. Yep. It's such a um, almost this this scheduled thing of what is the first thing I do in the morning when I wake up. I roll over, I put my phone in my hand, and I check what's happened in the time that I've been offline overnight. And that's a really bad habit to be. And I've, I'm really considering now putting my phone downstairs in the kitchen and physically walking down to it in the morning as one of the, the last jobs that I do in the morning. I'll get yeah. up, I'll have my run, I'll go for a shower, and then maybe I'll come back onto my phone an hour later yeah. and see if I can make it stick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of do that already, but it's, it's for kids, though. I, I think it's super important to teach them, you know, the importance of uh, understanding the, the emotion behind what people say on social media. Why, mm. are they, why are they choosing to say that there? Yeah. You know, that they're really, you know, stuck in, stuck in their own mind and they're just basically it's almost like verbal diarrhea through th- through thumbs uh not sp- not getting no emotional feedback from anybody else on what they're saying so they can say whatever they like yes, and they can be as mean or as nice as they like yeah and then they hit send and it's and gone you, and you cause the problems and causes all these issues right so, to, so this is one of the sort of things i used to talk about when when in the early days the best job in the world it used to be very easy for somebody to come on your blog and leave a comment and it was a throwaway comment and they could write it in 30 seconds, like you say, and press send and it was done. If you rewind, now I'm, I'm going to prove my age here, but if you rewind to the days when there used to be a comments page in a newspaper, if somebody really wanted to have a negative comment, they would sit down with a, with a notepad, they'd write a, hand write a letter, they'd put it in an envelope, they'd post it off to the editor of the, of the newspaper and it might be printed a day later. So that was early feedback. That was your comment. So you would actually you know, stylize a letter, you'd think about what you were saying, you'd probably have a chance to rewind, delete, go back again. Whereas now it is so instantaneous yeah. being able to press send that unfortunately everybody, and it's usually the worst of the worst, who will put their message out there, press send and alienate or give somebody a, an issue or knock somebody's ego. And it's not a great way. Bullying, online bullying is a really problematic thing these it's days. Huge. And with my 18-month-old son, I really am trying as hard as I can not to constantly put photos up and publicise. I don't want him to live life in front of a camera like I had to do for five years. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, it's funny that we've got onto this topic, the, the love and hate relationship with social media and, and, and how, how, it, uh, how it affects mental health. But you, I think we're not alone here there seems to be a lot of people going through the same thing and 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 uh you know what i love 
I love the the reference to the campfire entertainment. Mm. Campfire entertainment should there should be more of it. Yeah, you know, if you've got a if you've got the opportunity to light a fire in in your own backyard, uh, I encourage you and all of your family to go enjoy that and, and, and you know as many nights of the week as you can. And we did this on Saturday night exactly that. We yep. had the fire pit going. We had friends down at our place on Saturday night, and we sat around and chewed the fat. And it was it was just it was just wonderful being able to be out there, hear the sounds of nature, look up, and just about see the stars on a Saturday night. But it was just a really grounding experience. Yep. And I think, you know, I then felt on Sunday morning like I was more connected to the people I'd sat there with than I would have been if we'd have just gone down to the pub or you know sat on the beach and watched the sunset we were there we were immersed in the moment no one had their phones and you were forced in a good way to be there with your best mates yep so if you can't do that light a candle yeah, light, light <laughs> exactly. some candles. Turn the lights down. Or like we did on Ventura One, because there was a fire ban in the Whit Sundays. Everybody got their head torches, <laughs> and there was one red, red head torch. We put them in the centre, and everybody stood around for three hours around a red head red. torch, <laughs> thinking it was the embers of a fire, and it still worked. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So, where do where do I go from here? You know what? I, I'm on I'm on board. Like I want to go and do one of these. Uh, if I can't do this one, if I can't do that one, then. I plan for the plan for the one after. So there's, you're running multiples a year. Uh, I know you want to get tickets sold. Uh, I want you to get tickets sold because, be honest, you know the more people that have mental health uh, clarity around life that are in my community, the the better my community is going to become. Absolutely. So it's a bit selfish. Yeah. Um, but and I think as entrepreneurs we struggle with that a lot because we are so focused and fixed and so driven as individuals that we want to make something work at all costs. And that could be we apply ourselves so much. In, that, in, the, in our business that we don't leave time for, for friends and family and just us and, and making time. I think Aaron Burpee's Peak Persona program is a really good one on that where you, you take stock of where you are, you look at the things you do in a day and you assess what you are, you know, who you are as an individual and you put those building blocks in place to better, to, to better prepare your mind, to line your life with the things that are important to you, to take time out. So the Venture program is very much about that. That's what we've tried to build. And, and, and the first one started off as just an adventure. We didn't really do much in the way of mindset coaching or workshopping. And as we've gone on and developed this, we realized that there is more and more value to be taken from sowing seeds of conversation with people and letting the conversation flow naturally. We're not there as a therapy session. We're not trying to go just, out there and be a so, you I like know, the sowing the seed. It's just though. literally drop a, yeah. a question in at the start yeah. of the night, have three or four that you'll populate the night with, and then everybody just takes the conversation from there. And there's no alcohol involved, apart from the last night, because you've got to have a send off. So it's just <laughs> those good natural conversations that flow. And as we've gone from Venture One now through to delivering Venture Five, I, I know that we're going to have a really good one this, with this one because we're actually bringing a group called the Nomadic School of Business in to help us with all of this. So they basically correlate the relationship that the nomadic herders have with their pasture land and you with your business. So look at the nomadic herders over the course of 12 months. What are the threats that attack them over the course of 12 months? It could be a lack of pasture ground. It could be wolves. It could be extreme temperatures. They're the threats that they struggle from every day, much like in business. Are you struggling with your staffing? Are you looking because there's more competition coming around? How do you deal with those threats? So aligning those two mindsets and learning from the nomadic herders, as they will learn from us as business people, is that really interesting journey that we're going to take people on through Mongolia. So it's going to be five days worth of on the Mongolian step five days worth of mindset coaching of headspace engineering so that everybody comes back having had a great adventure yes having gone to a new country for cultural experience yes but connected better to your community and maybe just a little bit more streamlined in your thought process of what you are as a business where you want to go as an individual and how the next 12 months are going to pan out fantastic was that sold 
Where do I book? Done. <laughs> uh, so bestlifeadventures.com is the website that will be up by the end of the week. There will be an apply now box in there. If not, if you want to get apply for the Venture Program, the Office of the Chief Entrepreneur's website has got great links in there. Or me, Ben at bestlifeadventures.com is the best place for we're cycling the world's highest road next year. We're motorbiking the world's highest road next year. We're going to every space camp twice. We're going to Mongolia for the Venture Program. There's a whole load of new stuff rolling out. So I would love people to get on the Best Life Adventures Facebook page, like the page, and we will put some great content out for you. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Ben. Ben Southall, bestlifeadventures.com. Go read his old bio on bensouthall.com if you like. That's it for episode 106 here at Me Media. You can see that the content's changing. Why not? If there's a message, if there's a lesson to be learnt, it's factual, we're going to share it. Keep watching. You can see all the episodes on memedia.com.au. Cheers. Nice work, mate. Thanks. <laughs>